You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about romance novels and interviewing the women from Read Me Romance Podcast. But first... What are you reading, Bria? So I started reading a book for my book club, which fulfills one of the Reading Glasses challenges. What book club? Oh, the Losers Book Club? The Losers Book Club that I'm in. I I feel like we should have a member of that on the show at some point to talk book clubs. You should come at some point. Which I still have not been invited to. <laughs> we started reading Final Girls by Riley Sager. I literally, the book club starts in, is in one week. It's in less than one week. I started it last night. I can't even tell you what it's about because I didn't get very far. Um, my brain is full of like other, like I'm reading a lot of nonfiction stuff right now too. But essentially from what I can tell, it's like, um, Set in reality, but the idea is that this main woman um, has survived a horror movie-like situation where she is, and the media started calling her a final girl, mm-hmm. like, in that that final girl is the girl who lives to the end of the horror movie. But she, like, was, it's some sort of, like, massacre. She survived it, um, like, a, like a sorority house massacre kind of thing. Um, she survived it, and uh, in at the very beginning she finds out oh there's two other girls they call final girls and they keep them they like call them the final girls like mm-hmm. and they're all about 10 years age difference between them or something like that and she finds out that um one of them has committed suicide um and so that's the opening of the book and i don't know what happens after that but it's a horror book people were talking about it a lot last year um i i feel like i got it from the library but never got around to it and so i'm glad because now my book club is reading it what are you reading Mallory? uh so when you as you probably know bria when you do with do something people always send you everything to do with that constantly yes Yes. so because i'm become the creature from the black lagoon lady um this is a uh, everyone sends me creature stuff uh so my friend i've actually quite a few people my friend uh tim Vargulish and like a bunch of random people on twitter told me to read a comic called dear creature by jonathan case and it is a black and white graphic novel which also fulfills one of the reading glasses challenges so i'm ticking a box off um and it's just a it's like a it's like creature fan fiction it's like a story about a creature and it's really cool so far but i'm biased because i will like i'm jokingly complaining about people sending me creature stuff as if i don't fucking love when people send me <laughs> creature stuff and will like look at anything creature so <laughs> send I, me all the creature stuff you shouldn't open that that's a floodgate I, I mean, it's already happening okay. it's constantly as people like if it anything, is funny when i thought about having to give you a gift for something i was like oh i just should get something creature from the black yeah, yeah creature from the, the thing black. is I, like i will like it yeah it's re- like uh, that's it is a super safe gift like if anything happens cr- like related to shape of water creature from the black lagoon or anything monster i will wake up to like a tidal wave of people tagging me and i'm just like, <laughs> yes, I'm stupid, but still thank you um so that is dear creature by jonathan case and final girls by riley sager so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback indigo writes in As a trans guy who actively seeks out queer literature, I was surprised and delighted to find so many books in your list that I hadn't even heard of. As for my write-in recommendation, I hope it's okay to suggest the We're Still Here comics anthology from Stack Deck Press. Mm -hmm. It was put together by the incredible Tara Avery and Jean Thornton and features a diverse range of short comics entirely by trans creators. While I may be a touch biased because my first ever published story, The Chameleon, is in there, I cannot stress enough just how gorgeous this book and its stories are. I recently picked up Seasonal Velocities by Raika Aoki, which I'm already excited about. That sounds really Very cool. Very cool and great suggestion. We're always up for more suggestions. Yes, please. Always send us recommendations. Rhiannon also writes in about our trans authors episode. I'd love to recommend Julia Kay um, at 
up-and-out comic who has a collection of comics called Super Late Bloomer about what it's like to be, I like that name, about what it's like to be trans, which are all very lighthearted and bring a smile to my face. Aww. Perfect. We love these suggestions. Yeah. Keep them coming. And... Uh, Carolyn writes in with a cute reader couple activity. People keep sending these. Oh, in yeah, and this I is love we've, it. we've opened the floodgates for this, but I'm excited about I it. I love it. Uh, so Caroline says, boyfriend and I are avid readers, and we've made it a regular activity for us in the evenings when we come home from work to read our separate books next to each other. After we eat dinner and watch a little TV, we declare it cozy reading time, <laughs> and we each get cozy on our respective spots on the couch with blankets, tea, and hot cocoa, and usually two cats curled up next to us. The first time we had cozy reading time, I got way too excited about it and almost immediately fell asleep. <laughs> I, I cozied too hard. It's been a nice way to get going with our separate reader goals, but also spend time together. I want t-shirt that says i cozy so hard that would be great knuckle tattoos cozy hard (laughs) amazing so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com uh also quick bookmark uh i saw a few posts about this on the reading glasses group on facebook so i just wanted to say yes i am going on book tour uh by the time this episode comes out it should be like officially announced um there i'm doing a bunch of events in Los Angeles and San Francisco in Austin and New York and Florida and DC all over the country. Uh, you can go to MalloryOmera.com to look uh, at all the events lists and get ticket. Cause some of them are ticketed events. Some of them are free. Um, please come say hi. I, I saw that for the, um, the, there was a post in the reading glasses group about the Austin, one of the Austin events I'm doing. Cause I'm doing a creature screening there and it was really cute. Someone was like, Oh my God reading glasses let's all get together and go so i I love you guys thank you so much for all the support Uh, i hope to see a bunch of cool reading glasses people on my tour we have a i think we have a big contingency in texas too so oh hell yeah Yeah, yeah. before we talk about romance novels we're gonna take a quick break bria you know what's really annoying hmm when I have my period and then I forgot that I didn't get any tampons and I have to go to the store. It's annoying. Don't want to ask somebody because it's like your coffee order. It's so specific. Oh, sure. Definitely. Well, have you thought about trying Lola? I didn't until they they contacted us, but now I'm pretty obsessed with this idea. Well, guess what? I use Lola on a regular basis. Tell me about it. It's great. Um, well, you order ahead of time your pads or tampons, and they arrive at your house whenever you want them to every month at the same time every month, preferably before you get your period. <laughs> I was going to say preferably, preferably when right before you start, yeah, not while you're in the middle of it, and you're right, like, oh, God, I can't you're, leave. like, running out, you know, whatever. And they, so it's a subscription, and they come every single month. It's pretty amazing. And what's also super cool about them is they offer complete transparency about the ingredients in their tampons and pads and liners and wipes and all that stuff. So they have no added chemicals or fragrances or synthetics or dyes. Um, also, the subscription is super flex- super flexible. Um, I had no, I there was one month, didn't need any more for, for whatever reason. Full up over Full here up in the over grand here on household. And, they, and so I was able to just put it on hold for that one month. It was not a big deal. You know, sometimes these subscription companies, it's not easy. This one, very easy. And you do good with your purchase. For every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters all across the U.S. Oh, that's amazing. Really, really cool. So for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter glasses when you subscribe. Glasses. That's 40%. Glasses. Glasses. 
Greetings. I am Plek Dexsetter, contacting you from the Zik Squadron, which is frankly uh, sort of crappy, but I'm, I'm here on a heroic mission with my trusty crew, C-53. Heroic feels like an exaggeration. Okay, part. sure. And, and uh, Security Officer Dar. Plek, don't put me in your stupid recording. Well, and, and we're all traveling aboard our trusty starship, the Bargerian Jade. Bargy. What? Sorry. I'm awake. I'm awake. I was, it's fine. I was just flying while asleep. Hey there, this is Alden Ford. I play Plek, and we are so excited to announce that our podcast, Mission to Zix, is now part of the Maximum Fun Network. Our third season launches on Max Fun on March 20th. Binge seasons one and two right now. That's Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X. So this week... It's Valentine's Day. Actually, it's Valentine's Day the day this drops. Happy Valentine's Day, Brio. fucking Valentine's As Day. As you pull out a large bar of chocolate this? from your Sean purse. Sean is like, please don't eat that while we're talk- talking. <laughs> Bria's like, it's Valentine's Day to me and pulls out a giant bar of chocolate. I'm very tired. <laughs> uh, and, oh, man, I have a rule where I can't eat chocolate before 10 a.m., but I'm breaking it. It's 944. It's fine. Uh, so this week... We're going to be talking about romance books. So right now, if you're listening to the episode, the day it drops, happy Valentine's Day to you, our wonderful reading glasses listeners. And yes, it's turned into a corporate holiday with lots of social pressure, but it can be nice to celebrate your relationship, your best friends, some self-love, your podcast listeners, or just buy your cat a treat, which I used to do before I started dating Alan. Uh, And also, which means today is the perfect day to talk about romance novels. So the romance genre is one of the most mocked genres in literature, but that is a bunch of hot bullshit. Romance has some of the most avid, welcoming, and excited fandoms. It is one of the, and some of the best modern writing is romance writing. But what is a romance novel? Okay, it is a book. It's a kissing book. (laughs) (laughs) I used to call them that. That's totally true. It's the princess, what, what Princess Bride says. Oh, yeah. It's a book um, where the primary focus is on romantic love between two people. Yes. And the general rule is that it has to have a happy, satisfying ending, but that's kind of it, and it's not always the case. Yes. Um, there's historical romance, sci-fi romance, fantasy romance. Any genre you can think of except for horror. Why? I want to, like, I know, like, we're going to talk about paranormal and, like, supernatural romance, but I want a straight-up scary romance novel. Somebody write me that. Now, in this romance novel that you're desiring, is someone having sex with the monster? No. Or is it, are they being chased by a monster no, besides ha- decide to have sex? They're like, oh, no, we live in a haunted house. The tension is in the air. We should relieve it by making out. Yeah, how is there not like a succubus-themed romance? Oh, they're probably, well, that's the thing is there's a lot of paranormal romance and lots oh. of romance with monsters, but I want something straight up fucking scary. Okay. Like, what is, like, you know, you're all nude. What is scarier and, than, yeah, being, <laughs> you're um, having sex and all of a sudden you turn around and there's a giant man with a knife. You know what's the scariest place to be naked and have something scary happen is the shower. Sh- yeah. When I see a bug in the shower, I'm like, this is, this is not play- fair playing, this is not a fair grounds for like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not on the same footing here. <laughs> see, my, my problem is if there was a spider in the shower, I can't see it. Yeah. Because that's where I'm most vulnerable. I'm naked. I and put my, my glasses contacts are before on. I get in the shower for this reason. I have a podcast blasting or an audiobook so I can't hear anything. That's what, if you ever want to murder me, that's like, that's where to do it. Tip, hot tip hot for tip. murdering <laughs> Mallory murderers out there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also could be a sexy thing. You know, there's a lot. 
a sexy murder? Let's no, not no, go I mean, there. Like, they always say that, like the, if you want to make out with someone on a date, the best don't take them to a romantic movie. Take them to a horror shower. movie. Oh. Don't take them to the shower. <laughs> You're like, hey, you want to go on a date in my tub? Sean is shaking his head so much in the background. Um, okay, I'm going to talk about a little history about romance novels. Um, so there are some precursors to mod- the modern romance novel dating back to the 1700s. Um, humans, we love love. We love sex. We love to write things about it. Yeah. But the moment where we really saw the modern era of romance novels take place is the Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters, 1800s yes. publishing. Um, after World War One, though, romance novels became hugely popular with titles like The Chic, which was later made into a movie. In the 1930s, uh, more romance novels were published in the UK, and they often had brown covers, and people called them the books in brown, which I think is... Very funny. <laughs> yeah, that's not... Okay. Not what you would think. You were thinking a poop reference. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> I was not thinking about about poop. Okay, but, fine. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> a lot of... Uh, so, <laughs> You're thinking about poop over there, Mallory. <laughs> what are you thinking? Go, go back no, to the I just, tub it, it is such a, It's just such a weird, like, term. Yeah, the books in brown. Because they were <laughs> they had brown covers and people were like, oh, it's the book in brown. You know, because it was like real risque. Yeah. 1930s, right? Um, but then a lot of these same books in brown were released in the 1950s here in the United States um, under Harlequin, Harlequin Enterprises, which is something we're all pretty familiar with. Yes, yeah. which is fun. So fun fact. Uh, so my publisher is, uh, is, Harp, is, is Harlequin. Oh, really? But they're an imprint of Harper. Yeah, and then my 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 publisher is an imprint of Harlequin. So thank you, Harlequin. Yeah, shout yeah, out right. to all the all the brown books out there. So books Bri- and brown. So Bri- <laughs> books and brown. Books and brown. Bria, what kind of romance do you like? I, you know, I haven't read that many. So I read one last year for the Book Riot Reader Challenge, and um, I was both shocked but excited about it because it was there were so many things happening that I wasn't prepared for. It opened with a steamy sex scene that I was like, oh my, this is, this is what I got <laughs> oh, myself <Jesus>. into. <laughs> I totally turned into like a southern old lady. Where I, oh my. You're like, I gotta go uh, read this in the closet. I don't want anyone to see me reading it. In the closet. Um, but mine tend to come in a, a more genre-y genre of romance. You want to bone those aliens. Yeah, give me give me an alien any day. But I think mine, like, you have to sort of trick me into reading romance by including science fiction or including that's fantasy. How, that's how every book is for you, Bria. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> that's I know, like, like, oh, we got across these political themes because you are, or this, yeah, because we... I think ha- you just like sci-fi. In sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, what I was going to recommend is former guest of the show, Sarah Kuhn, uh, The Heroin Complex, which is... Um, a fantasy, a sci-fi book. Uh, it's a superhero book. Yeah, I would call it. And um, but it it is sort of like action adventure, but also it is a romance novel in some way, which is great because that's my biggest question about superheroes is like, what's the sex like? Well, you can find out. Do you get to fly around? You can go. You get to find out in that book. You find out what it's like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a. I mean. Here we answer the tough questions on reading glasses. What's the sex life? I think for romance is so. It's something that's it, it really played down in a lot of other genres. But I think it's the question everyone wants to know. You can fly around. <laughs> What's that boner like? <laughs> are you flying? Are you, are you like you're, if you're sci-fi alien west? Even the westerns, you're like, man, what's sex uh, like out gritty, there? Gritty, Lots of very gritty. Mm. Dry. Smelly. People aren't brushing their teeth. <laughs> you want to know, uh, Mallory? What about you? What uh, What are you? What kind of romance are you reading? Of course, I like more paranormal stuff. Sure. 
I want to read about those werewolf boners. <laughs> uh, so I love stuff like Gail Carriger. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I really, because uh, I'm the same way. I mean, I think rom- you can get into romance so easily by just finding the genre you like. You know, so anything with supernatural elements, uh, but I will read any kind of romance novel that is recommended to me, but I do, it's like the same way as you. I like paranormal stuff. Who wasn't, who don't, who doesn't want to know how monsters have sex? I that's the obviously have established that you do. <laughs> that's the entire point of the movie Shape of Water. It is true. And they do describe it, which, and you know, she does that thing with her hands. I, it, which I think is hilarious. I and feel I like do it got a big laugh in the theater. People in the theater were shocked. But we, we, people have been waiting to see what has been under those creature scales and, and really, for 65 years. An Oscar-nominated movie that explains Oscar-winning mon- movie. Oh, explains monsters. That was, the thing after, that was the thing I got super excited about. When Shape of Water won Best Picture, I was like... Monster bo- fish boners won the Oscar this year, <laughs> motherfuckers. So that's why, like, I get really mad when people like say bad stuff about romances. Like, they're the most important stories. They're so fantastic, and like everyone wants to know that stuff. It's not like people who like are like all snooty about romance act like they don't, they aren't interested, but they totally fucking are. Well, and there's some sort of like I can't remember the statistic, but it's like it is like way over fifty percent and closer to a hundred percent of movies have a romantic subplot. Yes. Even if it's not a romance movie, it has a romantic subplot. It's really rare to not have one. And even if the, it's just like more of a buddy relationship or whatever, there is some sort yeah. of romantic undertone to every movie that you watch and probably every book as well. Yeah. So we're just, romance dealers go, make, making it go further. And it's so nice because because of like the happy end. I was, wow. I'm, I'm surprised that the first time we've made that joke, <laughs> the, the happy ending element in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Like romance r- books are so fantastic to like, they're just like great ways to relax and escape. And like, you know that you're safe in a romance novel. And that's why people love reading them so much. Yeah. And so if you're interested in romance, there are so many websites and podcasts to check out. Read Me Romance is the, the wonderful ladies of that show we're interviewing uh, later in this podcast. I learned uh, so much. Yeah. Uh, wait. What did she say that made me laugh? Out Secret loud? baby. Secret baby is a tr- is a romance trope. It's a romance trope. We asked her again. Wait. Just listen to the interview. It's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Smart bitches. Trashy books is a great website. They also have their own podcast. Uh, Book Riot has their own romance podcast called When in Romance. Uh, for gay romance, is a podcast called Top to Bottom, which is a male male. Oh, it is. I was laughed so hard. B O T M. Yes. Yeah. Which is amazing because I think that stands for maybe Book of the Month, mm. but also it is a. It's good, good it pun. is a sex pun, which I'm very much here for. Uh, the Lesbian Romantic for lesbian romance books. Um, also, if you're looking for romance book awards, uh, the Romance Writers of America, they hand out the Ritas, which is named after the Romance Writers of America pr- first president. Uh, so if you're like, I don't know where to start. I want to look for some award-winning books. That's the place to go. Um, also, we have to give a shout out to the Ripped Bodice here in Los Angeles. It's the country's only Romance bookstore, straight up romance bookstore, and they're amazing. They do great events. Yeah, we, have so I, so many great events. It's funny. I held, before I even moved to LA, I backed them on Kickstarter when they oh. first opened, and then I got to move to LA, and I was like, "Cool, now I live here." LA is pretty cool. We have a horror bookstore. We have a romance bookstore. Yep. Like we really are. I yeah. wish they were all on the same street. Yeah, that would, it would be, be like oh, the, so the Disneyland of books. It really would be. You have, like, have the, a sci-fi bookstore too. Is the Iliad considered a sci-fi bookstore? Mm. No, no, maybe not. But they should make a sci-fi. Well, cut, mm. there's Mysterious Galaxy in San Diego. Mm. Not put in them Los all, Angeles. No. no, but we should put them all together. It'd be fantastic. Yes. Um, so you can send your thoughts on romance novels to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to the host of Read Me Romance, we're going to take a quick break. Genre film fans, hear me. I know you're out there. 
Do not be ashamed of your love for gore, action, sci-fi, or fantasy. It's time to come out of the shadows, because on Switchblade Sisters, we celebrate our love for genre films. I'm film critic April Wolf. Each week, I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their fave genre film, and we cover film craft, getting projects off the ground, working with actors, and our general love for genre movies. I've had so many great guests, like Heather Graham. In the past, it's like so many films are made by men that the female point of view is not always respected, which is why all these stories haven't come out till now. Jennifer's body director, Karin Kusama. I think there's a lot more fantasy and a lot more expectation projected onto a woman director. Comedian and actor, Kate Berlant. I mean, it sounds so cheesy to talk about it in yourself, like, you just keep going, You're, you know, I'm just a vessel, like, I, I just do it, you know, I don't think, but, like, that is what it is. And many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So here we are with romance authors and the hosts of the Read Me Romance podcast, Tessa Bailey and Alexa Riley. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Hey. Hey. We're so stoked to be here. Awesome. What are you guys reading right now? Alexa, what are you reading? Uh, I'm actually reading our podcast books because you just sent me a huge chunk of them, like five of them, I think. So I've been slowly getting through those when I have free time. Yes. Is there one? Is there one that you can recommend that is coming up that people can can uh, go out yeah. and get? Um, because of you is actually coming up, I think, in a couple of weeks, and um, it might be on the week after this airs, actually. And um, it is Jenica Snow, and I really enjoyed it. It's more of a new adult with the secret baby and all those fun tropes in it. Stepbrother. Yeah, it's really good. I read it as well. It's um, it's a stepbrother secret baby book. So <laughs> it's got all it's like the kitchen sink. And uh, well, so basically how the podcast works is that our, our the Read Me Romance podcast is that, um, you know, the authors send us their manuscripts and then we are kind of like the middleman between them and the narrators. So we cast the narrators and we come we like pull teaser quotes and stuff. So we have to read each novella as it comes in. I just actually got one from Sarah Nye called Switch Bitter about um, a girl who bids on a, I think, a football player uh, to go on a date with them. And th then she never collects. So he has to go <laughs> figure out why, which sounds really fun. That's what I'm actually reading right now. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how did you guys, how did y'all both get into romance? God, I think just reading from a young age and I slowly drifted over. I think I started with like a, in the romance, my drift, um, Sookie Stackhouse novels. Remember True Blood? Yeah. When that started. So I was like pregnant at the time and I was like, I need to know what happens now. So I started reading the books and then I was like, oh, all this romance stuff. I never thought about reading romance before. And I just drifted over to dirtier and dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, 13. Actually, I was 13 on a really boring family reunion and I found a Sandra Brown book on my grandmother's bookshelf and I'd like never left her bedroom after that I read it like four times back to back I just was like a I guess a sexual awakening I don't know but I, it was a pretty awkward time to have it <laughs> because it was I was just surrounded by relatives yeah that's so, how I got into romance what do you think would be a good book for someone listening to this show who's like really wants to give romance a try 
Gosh, there's so many different kinds. I mean, there's so many different kinds of romance. Um, like really it's a giant world and then there's all these yeah. little worlds within it. And so there's like romantic suspense and there's historical and there's, you know, sports romance. Um, like I would, I would my- quiz them. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me ask you some questions here. <laughs> what do you, what's your like ultimate recommendation? Um, God, my ultimate. Well, I always say Lauren Donner, but that might shock somebody who's new to romance. <laughs> yeah, like if you're easing somebody in, I would probably I like maybe a slow burn to start with. I would go with my favorite of all time is Mariana Zapata. Um, she writes she writes a, a lot of really great sports romance. I would probably recommend the book Culty K U L T I. It's about a uh, soccer coach and um, his female soccer player. And it's a slow burn and they, they just become best friends. And then the romance happens much later and it's beautiful. Aww. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And, and the, are, can you tell us some of your favorite authors? Like if you are going like you, you want to shock people, something deeper, deep cuts. Alexa, you want to take that? (laughs) My favorite authors are probably hands down like my go-tos that I'll always pick up are people like Aurora Rose Reynolds, Lauren Donner, Cynthia Eden, Jen Frederick. Those are always my, I don't even have to read the book bio. I'm reading it no matter what. Yeah, I have to second Jen Frederick. She's a really brilliant writer. What's the name? The Last Hit is the the first book I read from her and I've been really addicted ever since then. It's like a... It's a romantic suspense, um, but it's like about a Russian hitman who falls for this girl um, who he's he's not supposed to be. He's there watching. for a mission, but he's he just starts watching this girl through her apartment window, which is questionable. Like, but um, you know, it's really sweet, and he protects her. And I don't know. I would have to say if if I want to, Eve Dangerfield has become like one of my favorite authors of late, and she wrote a book called um, Act Your Age. And it deals with a daddy, daddy kink. So if you're looking to shock somebody, like it, it really kind of explains it and it's sensitive to it. So I would start there. I mean, it's such a great book and she's really kind of young and fresh and that comes across in her writing. And uh, so, yeah, I love Eve, Eve Dangerfield. She's an Australian author. Awesome. Those are great suggestions. Um, so this is going to be – this is coming out on Valentine's Day. Um, do either of you have – plans to curl up and have a romantic date with a book tonight because that's what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) oh boy um yeah always I mean I don't I don't know what I'm going to be reading though it's always I it's I'm really a mood reader so it depends like what I'm in the mood for but I've I've been I've been in the mood for historical lately and that's that to me is the most romantic genre of all. So I probably will tuck into one, um, probably Kerrigan Byrne. She's one of my favorite historical authors. And she has this book called The Duke with the Dragon Tattoo that <laughs> everybody's been recommending to me forever. So I'll probably, I'm probably going to tuck into that. Awesome. Alexa, what about you? Um, I don't know. I just read Spare the Moment. I'm, I'm a mood reader too. So I'll go searching when I go lay down, but I always at the end of the night end it with a book, even if it's only one page, I have to read just a little bit before I can go to sleep. But that's probably what I'll do. I'll just find something random that I come across (laughs) on Facebook, like always. (laughs) Click. So we want to ask you both about your reader wheelhouses. Like what subjects or tropes will get you two to pick up a book? all the time. Secret mm. baby. 
<laughs> you sure you don't want to think about it for a second? No, I'm good. <laughs> good. Best answer we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm a, I'm a total sucker for best friend's little sister. Like every time I'm like, it can't be. It's it's not going to be the same. It's going to be completely different this time. Do you have like an older a, brother? Definition of insanity. Uh, no, I have a younger oh. brother. Um, and that's never one I've read. <laughs> <laughs> the younger brother trope. But uh, yeah, I definitely like a guy who is, uh, you know, his buddy's younger sister is off limits, and he can't. Re- you know, they can't stay away from each other. I and then eventually the eventual blow up. It's, it's like kind of an addiction of mine. I love that. <laughs> Those are amazing. I feel like I'm learning so much about <laughs> this interview. This is fantastic. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about both of your reading lives? Do you have any reading quirks you want to share? Hmm. I'm a, I love spoilers. So sometimes if it's a long book that I'm really excited for, I will actually be known to gift it to like a friend and I'm like, read this and then come and tell me everything that happened so that I can read it, but I'll read it slowly. So I do that quite often. I feel like we would be friends. That sounds like something I would do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, so you just tell me everything because then I can slow down and enjoy it. But I'm a big rereader. So spoilers don't bother me. You can tell me the whole plot and I'm still good to go. Same. I, I yeah, I do have to ask like a couple of questions before I'll start a book. I'm like, is there cheating? Is there a satisfying grovel? I love a grovel. Like even <laughs> if it's the heroine that's groveling, you know, most of the time it's the hero, which is like a major component of romance in general. Like we like when men have to get on their knees and beg for forgiveness. But um, yeah, I, I do love it when somebody has to like really make a grand gesture and just do something really extraordinary to get the person back. I, th- I think that's if there's something in a book that is like that, I will read it. So. And with the cheating, do you like it or you don't like it? I don't. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's like there's enough of that in real life. <laughs> so. So where can we find you both online? Where can we go listen to Read Me Romance? Just Google it and we'll pop right on up. <laughs> yeah, Mel like literally keeps our website up to date to the second. So if you go to readmeromance.com, you can get the links to all of our past. So basically what we do is we release a new uh, novella every single week on the podcast. It's an original one that you can't get anywhere else. It's professionally narrated. And so you can get the links to the first episode of any of those free books and you can find out what's coming up. There's giveaways on our website and like, we're, you know, we're on all the social media places at read me romance on Instagram. And um, yeah, you can get us anywhere. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. I can't wait to hear this episode. Thank you. So now it's time to solve a bookish problem for one of our listeners. Nicole writes in, I'm drawn more to classics and books that were popular 10 plus years ago, and I usually don't get around to the trendy books of the current year. I have joined a book club that reads more recent books, but they tend to be award winners from the past few years, and we have a hard paperback rule in our club. When I see so many people in the bookish community reading the hottest new book, and I'm over here reading The Demolished Man from 1953, sometimes I feel like I'm missing out or behind the times. Any thoughts or suggestions? Bria, what should Nicole do? Okay. Since we're still at the beginning of the year, 
May I suggest you go to a trusted source, Book Riot, New York Times, this very podcast, and pick out one book from this last year that people are hyped about and read it. So one book per year, which is not that many. Books have a much longer uh, like tail time, you know? Yes. What do you call that? Tail? Yeah, like tail yeah. for popularity than a film or TV show because it takes a lot longer. Like a lot of people are not devouring a book a week, but most people are watching a movie or a TV yes. show every single week. Most people are watching one every single day. So I feel like you have a lot of time. You can catch yes. up. Yes, 100%. And you can still be talking about... Like, people will be like, have you read this new book? And it's from two years ago, and I still consider it new also. Like, yeah. it's not, I don't think that that. Yeah, you could read The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas right now and still be, like, with the cultural conversation. Yeah, exactly. Especially if the book just came out, like, like Angie Thomas's book, it just came out as a movie. I feel yeah. like that also means the book gets, like, rehyped, re-talked yeah. about, and, and, and that book just came out. Yeah. In my head. So, I think that, like, my suggestion is, it's still close to the beginning of the year, so you... This was this was my suggestion is to make a news resolution, one book, new book per year, which is not a huge it's not a huge commitment, but it's nope. a good way to start. And that could be maybe a New Year's resolution that you go and you pick one book that you're like, I've heard people talking about this one. I'm gonna go for it. And I think like, that's a really great idea. Yeah, yeah, you could do it even mid year. You don't even have yeah. to do it now. But yeah. that's my idea. What do you think, Mallory? Uh, so Nicole, I like to go along with Bria's suggestion. I do. I don't think you are behind the times. You can read what you want to read. My only thought on this is to just make sure you're not reading books by dead white dudes. Like, that's the only, like, one, one of the great things about reading modern books is that in the past few years, there have been way more inclusive selection and diversity among both the authors and the protagonists of the book. Not that we don't have a long way to go, but we are doing way better than we have in the past decades. But if you enjoy reading older books, go for it. Like, it's okay. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And so if you're going to read a book from this year, go for a buzzy book, but go for one that is specifically you know, by a trans author, by a person of color, mm-hmm. you know, like something that has like a political, is politically relevant to like what we're going through right now. Like that's an interesting idea. So then you are doing, not only you're reading a current book, but you're reading one that kind of like yeah, h- helps you to be involved in the current zeitgeist. Yeah. I mean, I read a lot of old horror. Like last year when Alan and I went to Ireland, I fell in love with Dor- Dorothy McArdle's uh, books and she's been dead for a long time. Like, I, you know, I love a lot of older horror and, you know, a lot of older literary fiction. And, you know, sometimes it's really fun to read classics, but I, you know, it's important to shake it up and make sure you're not just just reading books by one type of person. But if you're doing that, read whatever the fuck you want. No book guilt. Yeah, no book guilt. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. Link in the show notes. It's a great way to show off your love of reading and support the show. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. It takes you like 30 seconds and it really makes a huge difference for us. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. And you can follow along on the Reading Glasses Challenge by looking at the hashtag readingglassesChallenge and see what other people are doing and see what we're doing. And you can subscribe to our newsletter by looking into the show notes and finding that link. We send out uh, all of the books that we have recommended every month. You only get it once a month. But you get to see all the books. All and, of them and, and a couple extra suggestions from me and Brio. That's so stuff true. that we've read in the past month that we really liked. Yeah. So thank you for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. And one of the elders of the city said, Speak to us of good and evil. And he answered, Of the good in you I can speak, but not of the evil. 
For what is evil but good, tortured by its own hunger and thirst? Verily, when good is hungry, it seeks food even in dark caves, and when it thirsts, it drinks even of dead waters. You are good when you are one with yourself. Yet when you are not one with yourself, you are not evil. For a divided house is not a den of thieves, it is only a divided house. And a ship without rudder may wander aimlessly among perilous isles, yet sink not to the bottom. You are good when you strive to give of yourself, yet you are not evil when you seek gain for yourself. For when you strive for gain, you are but a root that clings to the earth and sucks at her breast. Surely the fruit cannot say to the root, Be like me, ripe and full and ever giving of your abundance. For to the fruit giving is a need, as receiving is a need to the root. You are good when you are fully awake in your speech, yet you are not evil when you sleep while your tongue staggers without purpose. And even stumbling speech may strengthen a weak tongue. You are good when you walk to your goal firmly and with bold steps, yet you are not evil when you go thither limping. Even those who limp go not backward. But you who are strong and swift see that you do not limp before the lame, deeming it kindness. You are good in countless ways, and you are not evil when you are not good, you are only loitering and sluggard. But let not him who longs much say to him who longs little, Wherefore are you slow and halting? For the truly good ask not the naked, Where is your garment? Nor the houseless, What has befallen your house? Excerpt from The Prophet by Khalil Gibran MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.